curious if, if you maybe take a moment to appreciate this one tonight, just knowing the grind of being a fringe active roster guy, you, you fight like hell through through camp, you're on the practice squad, you've been doing this for a couple of years now, and um, and you come through, I mean, it is a little bit storybook. Um, but I guess it, this is a long-winded question, but I mean, have you tried to even figure out what this means to you right now? <laughs> nah, I mean, <clears throat> the only thing I can just keep saying over and over again is just that God is good and you know, you stay faithful, you stay committed to the process. And I mean, there's been times that I wanted to quit, but you know, you just don't, you keep going. You just, you never ever know when that moment can be yours. And that was just the one thing that just, that, that kept me waking up in the morning. It was just like, you never know when this is your opportunity. Like you said, I've been, you know, through the practice squad ringer, you know, this is year three now, you know what I mean? And all three years I've had the opportunity to get activated. And it's like, you just, you gotta be ready for your moment, man. So like I tell all the guys that's on practice squad and undrafted guys, man, I'm, I'm in your boat too. You just never know when it's your moment. So always stay ready and stay working. Welcome to another episode of the Pedestrian Podcast. Myself, Stuart Court, and as ever, Mr. Adam Nathan. How are we, sir? Um, very well, thank you. Um, the sport has improved as the week has progressed. We're getting there, we're getting there. It's been like a few weeks since, apart from... Uh, Certain rules and three letters. It's been a pretty decent few weeks for Nathan and Sport, isn't it? Yeah, we were 30 seconds away from it all being good. Uh, and then it all went to shit in a handbucket. So. Yeah, which is which is what with what happened with Tarek Dyer is quite an apt turn of phrase. <laughs> Very true. When you got to go, you got to go. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the Seahawks uh, moved to 3-0 and zero after another fun, quiet, subdued evening. Uh, essentially field against Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. Um, Wilson keeps, surveys, deep ball, oh, there oh, it is, oh. wide open, touchdown, lock it. Here is Elliott, did he get out? No signal yet. No signal. And now they're saying safety. And it... Second down and 11. Wilson gets protection, airs it out. Metcalf is there! And it's knocked out of the back of the end zone. Was he in? Play was made by the rookie Diggs. As the officials get together. And it's a touchback! And in and out of the end zone. Wilson keeps, flips it, pass, caught, touchdown, lock it. Tyler Lockett gets another. Earl was trying to jump around with... Wide open for the touchdown is Lockett. Tyler Lockett has his third of the game. Another wide open receiver, it's Jacob Hollister for the touchdown. Just get it away before the play clock expires. Wilson looking for somewhere to go. This one is caught for the touchdown, Metcalf. Take it to Hyde, throw the pass, and it is good for the two-point conversion, Hollister. 
two receivers right. Prescott is going to look left. He gets hit again. He stumbles. He stays on his feet. Still looks. Throws to the end zone. It's intercepted. The ball is intercepted in the end zone. It's Neal who makes the pick in the end zone, and the Seahawks are going to hold off the Dallas Cowboys. It's a broken record, so we probably won't want to spend too much time on Russell Wilson, but five touchdowns again. He's one off Peyton Manning's four-game uh, touchdown mark after three games, Adam. It's, I mean, it wasn't as good as the first two, which is a weird thing to say when you throw five touchdowns, but it's just the proficiency of it all, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I was thinking today that this season's been so weird that I literally have no idea what the score has been in any of the three games now that I think about it. Um, <laughs> just been crazy, crazy three and a half hours or four hours as it was on on Sunday. Um, and it was brilliant. I mean, yeah, he was... It was funny because Troy Aikman got torched a bit for saying that he didn't think Russell Wilson looked on his game, particularly on Sunday at times. And as it happens, apart from throwing five touchdowns, which is obviously the aim of the game, I, I didn't think he hit many guys in the numbers, kind of just in, in general play. It didn't seem quite as smooth uh, and as structured as it had been the previous two weeks. But, you know, the deep ball is so good now. The receivers are so in tune with him. Lockett was just everywhere as a safety blanket, as we discussed. And then... Um, if, yeah, I mean, that that was him at, at, almost at his imperf- imperfect best, which uh, spells danger for when he does get, get things properly clicking because it, it was pretty miraculous. Yeah, uh, people, uh, certain people have a suggestion that we should just start watching the game from the second drive they, before the game. And it kind of went that way as well because it wasn't fun, that first drive. With the Seahawks went three and out, then Greg Zerlan give the Cowboys the lead and then it was all pretty uh, pretty smooth for Russell Wilson went 27 for 40 315 yards and those five touchdowns sacked four times and if we ever see Alden Smith again Adam it will be a, uh, a day too soon won't it? Yeah he's a proper pain in the arse uh, he, he really is I mean he just loves a sack on the first play I think he did it again yeah. like he did in the championship game a couple of years ago uh, yeah he's a real pain in the backside not going to lie but good luck to him amazing uh, yeah, he's been able to you know turn his career around so quickly, and uh, interesting that because you know I've been told when it comes to certain quarterbacks that if you spend time out of the league, you can't possibly end up coming back and being a, a good player in the NFL. So uh, how strange that Alden Smith has been able to do that. But, yeah, I mean, it was, one to ponder. Was it five years he's been out of the league? I think it is. Yeah, yeah, it is. it's unbelievable. And he currently leads the uh, NFL in sacks. Uh, elsewhere for the Seahawks offense, Chris Carson again. Adam, we said last week that his usage it can only bode well once the year turns a little bit and the running game potentially becomes more important when the inclement weather rolls in. Just 14 carries, just 17 touches of the ball on Sunday. Obviously, that was helped by the dirty antics of uh, allegedly no, no, no fuck that uh, dirty antics of uh, certain Cowboys defensive linemen but 64 yards is a decent clip and I mean compared to him the last time he played Dallas and Seattle and he got like 40 45 carries he was having every play pretty much it was the third week again of his usage not being what it's been but also seeing success wasn't he yeah, I mean, look, Wilson's not going to be able to do this every week. It's going to rain. I think it's going to rain on Sunday in Miami. Uh, although, although we did say that on Sunday last week and it was we did, and, baking and it, sunshine. We did, thank goodness for that. Um, and you're going to need your running game to step up and you know, be you know, dynamic as, as it has been in the past. And 
you know, Brian Schottenheimer certainly has that in the locker and you would hope that he's, uh, you know, not traded that in for some kind of Faustian deal in order to develop a, a strong passing game at the same time. So um, there will be a time where Chris Carson gets a number called a shitload of times on a Sunday yeah. and uh, I'm all for him being as fresh as a daisy for that going forward as opposed to, you know, being knackered and knocking himself out in December again. Yeah, uh, you mentioned Tara Lockett. Again, he was, the, they just called him the safety blanket. He was, he was worked heavily on Sunday nine catches on 13 targets a flat 100 and obviously the hat-trick ball as well do, I'm not, do they do that in the NFL does he take home a hat-trick ball I sure. don't think I think they get they can take as many of their touchdown balls as they want if I'm not mistaken yeah, yeah. Uh, three touchdowns 100 yards um, he's just like I think Russell said after the game on Sunday, he said he's one of the, he's the best one of the best receivers in the league and he's it's it, like when he signed his contract a couple of years ago, we kind of, you know, is that the right decision? Like Paul Richardson left pretty much the same time. And obviously Paul Richardson's now at the league and Tyler Lockett is in the conversation for top 10 receiver in the league. And he just, it, the, the ascension he can just makes, especially when you put into context that two years ago, it, his career was in danger after the horrendous leg ankle break he had as well. Yeah. He started to remind me of like peak, Julian Edelman. Um, I don't know if that's a bad comp because he has got the deeper threat that Edelman maybe didn't have, but just an ability to like know where to pop up in zone. He just is always there in the right spot. He can always find a soft part uh, of the defense. Like there were times where the passing game was a little bit stuttered and just all of a sudden you knew they were going to look for, for Lockett and he, he was there. And there's, um, yeah, I mean, he's not like a, the same player as Edelman, but he's kind of picking up that that reliability factor of like when you played, when you watch the Patriots play, you just like, oh, for fuck's sake, Edelman again. <laughs> and I kind of feel like opponents are going to start saying, for fuck's sake, lock it again. Um, because it's just, it must be annoying. Like I, I was, um, I was laughing on Monday when people talked about how demoralizing Patrick Mahomes' little skip is when he uh, dances out of play uh, like after a long third down run. And I feel like Lockett has kind of developed that demoralizing factor um, that a lot of teams, you just, you're so desperate to get them off the field and there's Tyler Lockett. Um, and I, yeah, I, I just think he's going from strength to strength at the moment. I've got, a, I've got a take, which has just come to me when you compare, I've got a comp. I think he's, Tyler Lockett is what everyone hopes and thinks Odell Beckham Jr. is. Ooh. I mean, there's the spectacular that Beckham has, which yeah, but I would say no one else has. The consistency of, what, 75, 80% target to receptions, 90, 80-plus 80 yards, and, and obviously three touchdowns is not a first-time deal, first time deal for Lockett. Like, he's, he's always finding the way to the end zone. I think he's... Yeah, the conversation is going to start changing around Tyler Lockett, I think, and I think it's, it's, it's what every... Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy with that comp. Well, he's never going to make the ESPN top ten play of the week. No, which is not his style. But so he's never going to get talked about in the same vein. And also, he's not a diva. And there is a part of NFL receivers that people love the diva side of it because it, it's the drama, it's the you know, it's the man, you know, the guy that everyone turns up to watch is the diva receiver. So Lockett's never going to be like that. So he's. But I mean, right now it's hard to say that he's not a better player than Odell Beckham, and Beckham yeah. is one of my favorite players in the league. Yeah, he's he's just so fun. I mean, he looked like Doug Baldwin on the cold line when he just left the guy in the dust, and then he just—I mean, 
someone like Tyler Lockett should not be left to saunter across the entire length of the end zone for an open ball. But that's exactly what he did on the... Yeah, one of his touchdown catches. He's, yeah, he's the step he's made in particular since Doug uh, walked off into the sunset and DK came into the fold last year. It's just it's remarkable. I mean, I'd like to see how his stats and catches and target reception, all that kind of works out compared to the upper echelons of the receiver spot. Uh, DK Metcalf, obviously another hundred yard game, four catches uh, on eight targets, another touchdown, Adam, but it should have been two, shouldn't it? It should. Um, I actually think the world has done quite a decent job in calming down a little bit on that and not making it like having to go into where he was born as a backstory and like, he's this and he's that like, Everyone was just like, well, that was just really stupid. But the uh, team was fortunate that they won the game. And yeah. so if something like that's going to happen, probably the best time for it to happen. Yeah, but also they won the game because of him as well. Yeah. Which is, I think I think uh, someone asked that about to Pete on Sunday or Monday about like, what's that tell show about him? Because like he, like, he knows what he did. He, I think Russell Wilson probably let him know as well. Everyone probably let him know for those in between two and a half, three hours. But I mean, I don't even know what he's doing. Like he's not celebrating. He's just, he's just high stepping into the end zone, isn't he? I don't think he's doing that. I think he's just, I think he thinks he's caught the ball in the end zone. No, it can't be that. I think he's just, he's just doing his little two step into the end zone. And yeah. it just has no idea that, that Jigs is there. Yeah. It's, it's remarkable. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean the game winning touchdown now, Adam, it's, I think Alistair Court posted yesterday on Twitter that goes, it's quite strange to see a guy just jog across the field and pluck in a game in touchdown because he does not break into even like second gear on that on that route he ran for the game winner. Yeah, neither of the long catches even seem remarkable and they both were for any normal human being. <laughs> but we're just so attuned to him doing remarkable stuff. Yeah. Um, that like, just like, oh yeah, it's DK. Like he's not even sprinting half the time and he's just hauling in these amazing catches. It was funny on the um, opponent audio recap on KJR, they had the play before the two guys from Dallas said, I think like almost verbatim, DK Metcalf has literally done nothing to <laughs> punch the ball out of his hands. And then, and there's the toss to Mike Metcalf. Yeah, so uh, yeah, pretty funny. <laughs> uh, DK Metcalf with a touchdown on Sunday will become just the third player with at least 90 yards and a touchdown in the first four games of an NFL season. The other two are both in Canton with gold jackets, Marvin Harrison and Randy Moss, who did it in 99 and 2007. I mean, we said before that it's uh, Jerry Rice and X or Joe Montana and X at quarterback. Moss and Harrison's not bad company that he could be keeping Come uh, half nine Sunday night, Adam. No, those the those are the things you want you want to hear for sure. Yeah, and also he's the third leading receiver on the uh, in the NFL as well, behind um, the Nock Hopkins and Calvin Ridley, I think, which is I mean, almost three hundred yards through three games for a Seahawks receiver when hmm. we're supposed to be a team that runs the ball quite a lot. Is is pretty good um, going. Greg Olson had a pretty nice day. He got the fourth down mm. catch just before the uh, DK, what's proved to be the DK match with uh, five catches and six for 61. He was, he, 
that's the kind of Greg Olsen we expected to see, wasn't it? That kind of like there when he needed to, but like he wasn't making the showman plays, but a reliable target after what happened last week against the Pats. It was it was a nice bounce back for someone who you, at this point you'd expect an output from that after the output last week, Adam. Yeah, I thought he made a couple of really nice catches. I think on third down, one going into the uh, the tip end zone, like to, towards that way, where like just he just came down like across the middle and you know just sat there and just caught a great catch on third down that kept the chains moving, which was really important. And yeah. I think he followed that up with the catch where he was pushed and inverted commas out of bounds and yeah. came back in. I think he, he kind of took over that drive and that was great. I mean, that that's exactly what we we needed to see for his for you know for, for the money. Um, you know if the Patriots game hadn't happened and you'd just seen him in the Atlanta game and this game so far, you'd think, yeah, not, not, not a bad signing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, 27 completions for Russell Wilson went to nine different receivers. Uh, Travis Homer was the only person who s- seemed to see the uh, field uh, for the Seahawks on Sunday uh, and didn't catch a pass. I mean, that is sharing the wealth and sharing the wealth. David Moore, Adam, unfortunately, Hall of Fame took a, s- a slight backward step with one catch for two yards. Who was that? David Moore. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that, it, it, it's, it's stat lines like that that do derail Hall of Fame. <laughs> but, you know, if anything, people people in the Hall love to see a bounce back. So Definitely. Uh, they love to see him show character. So we'll, I'm sure you know, he'll step up in the next game and uh, it'll all be golden. Yeah, uh, three games, three wins for the Seahawks. All the yards and all the points on the offense, Adam. But there's a I think I think I messaged you or in our group chat about Will Disley. Just two catches on Sunday, and it's I mean, it, it, we come into season even with Greg Olson, he was thought to be still a pretty important integral part of the offense. But it might just be they're bringing him along slowly and just getting him into block. But it is weird how like an afterthought he is really in the offence when it comes to Russell Wilson dealing the ball around isn't it? Well I mean you can understand Olsen getting targets ahead of him but you'd surprise as you see like Jacob Hollister get a couple yeah. of end zone targets ahead of him yeah, um, yeah, you, yeah that, that's not what I would expect going into the season you would have thought that Disley was a, a clear at worst number two tight end for targets so um, I, I'm not sure there's anything to be concerned about there although I mean you know, going college he was more of a blocker than yeah. a pass catcher anyway yeah. um, so maybe yeah they're just altering what he does just to kind of protect him a bit but with the injuries he's had they kind of you know they're random really so I'm, I'm not necessarily convinced that you can protect him from, from those sorts of injuries again yeah uh, one thing I got a message from a mate who's a Giants fan on Sunday uh, must have been pretty late and uh, this, what it said was 9-4-9 that is ridiculous the Seahawks are 9 for 9 in the red zone 100% touchdown rate as well I mean uh, Wilson last year according to your bait softy red zone completion last year was 49.4% he's at 91.6% in the red zone through three games this year I mean it's just it's every, everywhere you look on the stat sheet and no matter how you shake it up for stats as uh, NFL stat compilers do, is Wilson is just on a different level this year, isn't he? Through three, oh, completely. I mean, there's no talking about it is almost folly because there's there's nothing really you can <laughs> say about the guy. It's just it's been perfection or as close to perfection as as you can get. Certainly in areas of the field where it really matters. Yeah, and um, what was I think what was on? Well, Jones was on. I think it was on Softy yesterday, wasn't he? And he said that the the best sign of this team this year is that. 
while the defence is struggling, people aren't talking about the airline. And they looked, obviously, a few hair and scare moments. Uh, Dwayne Brown, I think, looked like someone who hadn't practised all week with a rough foot. But, I mean, Pete Carroll said today that it's the best pass pro we've seen Russell Wilson's had in eight, nine years. It's, it's, it, it's exactly the archetype of being the don't-be-shit kind of thing we've kind of pushed for the last couple of years, Adam. Yeah, it was great. I mean, Wilson had so much time just to stand there and uh, and survey the field. He, you know, he got himself sacked a couple of times, um, if, if we're being honest, because I can't think of any times that the line just got blown through on a pass down. And, you know, the, a lot of the chat was, you know, can Wilson afford to, um, you know, throw it a lot because the line's not good enough to protect him? And, and, and you know, but in part that's because they built offensive lines that were developed like for run blocking only. I mean, you know, players at DJ Fluker, we knew coming in, they weren't going to be great pass blockers. Yeah. And, you know, whilst he was obviously fantastic in the run game and maybe the run game is a little bit worse for the lack of DJ Fluker, give me the level of passing game we've got now anytime, as opposed to the running game we had last year, because, um, you know, they, they look more athletic, that line, they are blocking up really nicely. Uh, you know, impossible to analyze exactly what, you know, who's doing what on there and who's doing well. It's, you know, it takes a level of expertise and tape study to, to really get that. But just the raw stuff that you're looking at, it's, it's clearly so much better in pass protection than, than it probably ever has been under Pete. Yeah, I think I, I, think I may have mentioned it in our chats um, a couple of weeks ago, but Postage just looks quicker with everything mm-hmm. he does. Like even the snap of the ball and how he gets his hands up, that's just my, like, and educated eyes everything Postage does looks quick and obviously there's that cool clip of Carson when he's setting the edge on the outside uh, pulling around which is something we just didn't maybe Britt may not have been asked to do it we just did not see it as we are seeing it with Postage I think he's made such a massive difference that LSU obviously Lewis didn't play um, on Sunday but that LSU centre right guard thing is clearly paying dividends as well but it wasn't all sweetness and light for the Seahawks because uh, I mean, I kept getting um, daggers and punches because at seven o'clock I said I really like Trey Flowers and then Dak Prescott had his way with him and Shaquille Griffin on the other side despite Shaq's uh, interception. It wasn't uh, great on the defensive side, was it? No, I mean, look, the, pa- the lack of pass rush is not helping the secondary and the coverage issues in the secondary are really not helping the pass rush. Uh, it's kind of the, the worst relationship between the two of them you could really wish to have. Yeah. Um, they're, they're both just piss poor uh, in, in, in the passing game. Run game, they're doing fantastically well. I'm not sure there's a many better run stuffing um, defence in the league, to be honest. They you know, bottled up Todd Gurley, admittedly, maybe not the best, but they pretty much bottled up you know, red zone aside you know, Cam Newton didn't run for a lot. The Patriots didn't run for a lot. Zeke Elliott was pretty much a non-factor um, in the game. Um, but I mean, that pass defense is just woeful. Um, yeah. And it's, it, I mean, it's one Sunday. It wasn't even like the 17 play drives can't get off the field. It was almost nearly back to back to back 40, 45, 60 yard touchdown passes. I mean, who the hell is Cedric Wilson? <laughs> the fastest man that ever lived. <laughs> He's the Pharaoh Cooper of 2020. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it just, it was not pretty. Obviously injuries did play a part. Jamal Adams was injured uh, for most of the second half, I think, was I don't think he played. Mm-hmm. And then obviously there's a Jordan Brooks who had injured the air and Quinton Dunbar didn't play. Nico Thorpe wasn't there. 
someone else wasn't there either. But yeah, it's, it, it was not pretty. And it's something which you'd hope will correct itself and maybe correct itself in the perfect place this weekend, Adam. But it has to, doesn't it? Because as we said with Wilson, he can't keep this four or five touchdowns a game pace up. Well, you'd expect he won't be able to. So that's going to mean that the defense is going to have to stiffen up quicker and more consistently and more readily, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, I remember when we did a tour of the VMAC and you could see the red lines uh, on the outside and you taught me about what red line defending from your cornerbacks was. And, you know, the red line is about five yards inside from the, the sideline and that area is just a no-fly zone for, for any receivers. That's what you're taught to defend. I mean, they must have scrubbed the red lines out on the ground <laughs> this year because, I mean, it's just like a, it's like a hall pass over there. <laughs> just hoop the ball in there and someone's there to catch it. I mean, the def- we're used to seeing the Seahawks give up yards over the middle, you know, seam routes over, but you're just not used to seeing peak hour defences giving up sideline touchdowns like that. But but also when Sherm, obviously probably unfair to compare this to the Sherm defence, but when Sherm was on one side, it was all right if the other side gave up a 100-yard game to Amari yeah. Cooper. But Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup and the aforementioned Cedric Wilson are getting yards and it's just, it's coming from all sides. But at the end of the game, Adam, a Southern Illinois DB called Ryan Neal stepped up and got the game ceiling interception after Benson Mayoa, um had Dak Prescott squirm out of his grasp. It was, I mean, Ryan Neal making a play to seal the game in week three is very 2020, isn't it? It is. I mean, I think we're, we've given up the second most yards in NFL history over the first three games. Yeah. But conversely, um, if you're going to make the big plays when they matter, which, you know, two games, well, three games out of three, they, they have done that. Yeah. It's not the worst trade-off. Yeah, uh, the Seahawks have scored 111 points uh, through three games and have kicked just one field goal, Adam. <laughs> that's unbelievable. That's one That's one way to pay your £6 million dollar a year kicker, isn't it? Yeah. He's perfect on the season, but he's only kicked the ball 14 times. Um, a- anyone else who st- stood out for you on the defensive side? Bobby Wagner made some nice plays, as always. Uh, Shaquille Griffin actually led the team with 11 sacks on Sunday. KJ Wright had 10, but the Jamal Adams... You mean tackles as opposed to sacks there. Yeah. Uh, Jamal Adams' absence was felt somewhat, but I mean, you said a couple of weeks ago you wanted to try and focus on the rookies, and Alton Robinson made that quite easy because he flashed just with three tackles. Two of them were t- tackled for loss, the other one was Q- the other QB hit as well. And a sack, I mean, that's a, it was kind of like, well, why were you inactive for two weeks, Adam? Yeah, he, he looked really sharp. Um, one, of, one of Cliff Averill's guys. Um, and, and, and he pulled out the Cliff Averill sack celebration as well yeah he did he did uh, which is very cool um, yeah he, he was great and yeah you do wonder kind of I, I presume it's just a lack of preseason. they just wear up putting these guys in there which you know it's, it's pragmatic but yeah they won but they won both games anyway so not, not the end of the world yeah. um, didn't notice Jordan Brooks as much but I'm not necessarily looking for linebackers no as I'm, much as uh, I'm not sure he was in much I think he had like 25 plays and then got injured so I'm not too... You had a pass defence and just one uh, tackle according to uh, yeah. pro football. One, one thing that I did think stood out a lot was Shaquem Griffin's just general speed. Um, it always flashes. There's something about him when you, when you watch him on the screen. Like he's, he's always 
in and around the action. He's always yeah. doing something. I know he had his nightmare debut, but for me, he's a player that, in my opinion, in my, you know, I don't know an awful lot about you know, the ins and outs of the position and maybe the details and special teams, but he looks like a guy that deserves to be on, on this roster for me. Uh, I was meant to text this to uh, Mike Dugard and ask if, but what would be the thing, Alton Robinson as well, who would be making the decisions? Because obviously Ken Norton is the DC by title, but like, it's Pete Carroll's defence, but for Alton Robinson to be inactive for two games, Shaquem Griffin wasn't even, was released mm. on cut down day at the end of August. And now he's, as you say, he, them two made a massive difference on that. Obviously, the, the ears were pinned back a bit, just trying to get after Dak and force a mistake out of him. But it, like, I, I would love to know just the the process of making the decision on inactives and actives because Shaquem Griffin can clearly uh, niche out a role, uh, find his find a role on this team, find a role in this defense, and find an impact on this defense. And Alton Robinson looks like he can as well. So it's just, it's I'd love to know the process and not having them. Even, one, not even on the roster, or two, uh, not in a hoodie on the sideline for the first mm. two weeks. It's just, uh, uh, yeah, I just really would like to know the thinking because it just made no sense almost immediately on Sunday, did it? 100%. They, they, so those two guys were, were noticeable on the screen from, from you know, play one to play 90, whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Joel Adams is a tight groin. Uh, Jordan Brooks has a... It sounds like a pretty sore knee, knee sprain. Um, so it doesn't sound like either of them, especially Jordan Brooks, will be playing uh, in week four. And obviously in week five, Vikings, and week six is the bye. Uh, anyone else you want to pay mention to on the inside of the ball, Adam? Uh, Michael Dixon hit a couple of booming punts <laughs> again. Ridiculous. He really has found his way. <laughs> I've noticed Nick Ballore make big tackles on special teams uh, in back-to-back games now, so... Yeah. Uh, give a bit of special teams love out, out to him um, on a negative side I, I just I know he had a pick his first pick in 30 games but something not quite right with with uh, Shaq Shaquille Griffin at the moment for, for my yeah. money um, just doesn't look at the level that you'd expect a cornerback that's looking to earn minimum eight figures a year next year so yeah. um, I, I'm, I'm interested to see how that plays itself out yeah and also the level which he kind of showed signs of mm, making a step up to as well last year. I mean, obviously it wasn't perfect last year, but yeah, it's, it's very strange. But yeah, Michael Dixon's punted the ball seven times on Sunday and uh, f- just under 55 yards a punt, the longest 67. Yeah, he is killing the threads out of the um, ball. Yeah, the Seahawks move to three and oh, and they move on to face the Miami Dolphins and Ryan Fitzpatrick down on South Beach this Sunday. Wilson, a lofter. It's caught by Baldwin. Touchdown. This one's coming back. A flag on the play. There is no foul for defensive holding. So yeah, Sunday night, 6 o'clock, Adam, early game. You're going to miss out on all the red zone fun. Uh, as we're, instead of relaxing, we're going to be potentially stressing and uh, eat, uh, stress eating uh, an apple tart on, as I was on Sunday for the final couple of plays. Uh, but this Dolphins team is a strange concoction this year, isn't it? It, it kind of, they looked right, quite good on Sunday with a Husky running back doing a business, Miles Gaskin, but they legitimately could do anything on Sunday. It wouldn't really 
surprise. Yeah, I always feel if you're going to play against Ryan Fitzpatrick, the best time to do it is when everyone thinks, ah, maybe he's the guy to lead the team for the whole season. <laughs> that normally, with him, normally lends itself uh, into a four-interception game the following week with a load of uh, kind of bonehead plays where he just tries to be a bit, a bit too much magic uh, for the old Fitz to handle. So um, <laughs> I'm hoping that, but, you know, the, the problem with him is that if he is on it and if he is seeing... You know, if he's if he's feeling himself and feeling good, then it's not beyond the run's possibility that that for the fourth game in a row we give up 400 yards of passing because he he can do that. He has got that ability, and that makes this game such a hard one to analyse because he could throw for 40 or 400 yards at the drop of a hat. Yeah, it's. I mean, he's two three games have played the Patriots, Bills, and Jags, and arguably the toughest defense M three is the one where he just threw all over and got three hundred eleven yards against the Buffalo Bills in week two. Yeah, it, it, their quarterback sums up what this team c- could be. As I said, they literally they could it could come down to the final play, which is probably more than likely. But also, we could just either pace that against them, or it's just not going to be. It's going to be an old style East Coast trip for the Seahawks. It legitimately could be. Absolutely anything. But Miles Gaskin was quite fun to watch. Adam is someone we watched with the Huskies in person maybe a couple of times as well. And it's just, it, it kind of come out of nowhere. It was Jordan Howard and Matt Breed. And then week three, Thursday night football, he's setting the tone and putting them outside of uh, the moustache and min, uh, moustache Minshew and all the rest of the Jags. It's It was quite cool to watch last week. Right? Yeah, really not someone I ever thought would be <clears throat> like big and physical enough to be a dominant player in the NFL and obviously dominant might be pushing it but in the same way as um, Jake Browning always just looked a little bit slight to make the jump up amongst other things Gaskin always struck me as a little bit I think uh, in the re- in the replacements the uh, Ifan Davis I think or whatever his name is called himself Wiry um, and, and I think uh, yeah Gaskin always struck me as a little bit on the on, on the slight side, but apparently not. I mean, he's running guys over, he's, you know, b- bouncing outside and he looked look really good. Yeah, he did. Uh, Receiving-wise for the Dolphins, Mike Gesicki, the former Penn, who was a stud at Penn State and has kind of took a couple of years, maybe Adam Gase related to step up in the NFL, but he's two touchdowns leader receiver for the team through three games. And then Devante Parker, and Preston Williams kind of lead the line for their wide receiver core, which is, I mean, it's this may come back, it might may come back to bite us, but it's it on paper, it's a nice game for the defense to have after particularly last weekend, isn't it? It should be. I mean, it should be a game where they go out and if they are any good they go and show the world that they are actually good if they, if they have a fourth game in a row and a quarter of the season passes where they're you know average at best then you have to start thinking well maybe this is just an average at best defense um but they have got you know if you look at the next five games it does get a lot nicer for for certainly the back end of, of a defense to to, to improve so I, i'm interested to see how how that all goes yeah, uh, well, I mean, this is a team who's kind of waiting for tour, right? Maybe he's sitting holding the clipboard for a couple of weeks. It's it seems that it's going to be like a Halloween deal, but if Fitzpatrick kind of keeps leading the teams to wins on the road, like he did last week, it's as you say, it's going to extend his. I mean, it's just it's it's his fifth, it's fifteenth team or something it's ridiculous like that that he's played for in the league. Fitzpatrick, and he just keeps on. 
going, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where we're 15, but um, yeah. yeah a quarter, uh, I think a quarter of the league is what I read. Okay. Uh, defensively, it's just, I mean, there's a lot of names. Noah Igbinogene was someone who I liked and thankfully the Seahawks didn't draft because I couldn't say that name every week. Uh, he's a rookie from Auburn. Their cornerback, he's... He popped up a couple of times against Jags last week, but then it's just Kyle Van Noy. There's, uh, there's names which, being West Coast NFC team, we don't really pay much attention to, but the, there's probably one name we're going to be a hell of a lot more um, uh, knowing of come nine o'clock Sunday, aren't we? Uh, yeah, which one was that? A- any of them. I'm literally reading a list of names and I don't really know much of about any of them apart from Noah. Oh yeah, I mean, there's Byron Jones. Is he going to play? I don't think he played last week. Is no, he still? He's questionable according to uh, NFL. It is weird when you play against these kind of cross NFC AFC teams you, that you see once a year, and especially a kind of a doldrums team like Miami. Um, I can't even remember. Oh, it was the opening day of the season when we when yeah. we last played them. Uh, when Damakin Sue trod on Wilson's ankle, and you could argue the season was never quite the same after that. Yeah. Um, that's four years ago yeah we all watched it together in Manchester if I'm not mistaken yeah, uh, yeah. El Presidente's house yeah, um, yeah I mean the, the Tua thing going back to that's quite weird because there's just he, he was the buzz quarterback you know coming out of the draft he was the one that everyone wanted to talk about and even though Burrow went number one and hmm. you know there's Herbert that went high as well everyone was talking about Tua and I haven't even seen like a a whimper about him about him playing. Obviously, no. his back, he's in a decent spot behind Fitzpatrick, but it's amazing. Like He's almost like a bit of a forgotten man at the moment, which is probably a testament to the job that Brian Flores has done there, that he hasn't had to panic and, and put the guy in straight away. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. It's, it's, it's just quite strange. I mean, they seem to have spent a lot of money. Kyle Van Noy is there. Eric Rowe is there. Shaq Lawson's there. Xavier Howard. Raekwon Davis. And then you say... Byron Jones as well. They must have spent a lot of money on that defense in the off season, but obviously it's early games and Byron Jones being out is probably not uh, what they wanted on their investment. Yeah, the the, the two thing. Like he he was the guy for two or two and a half years. He came. I mean, he forced Jalen Hurts to go from Alabama to Oklahoma in a blink of an eye, and then yeah, as you said, I mean, he went possibly earlier than may, most people. Some people may have thought, but. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, Joe Burrow looks... There's, there's a class sound effect from the Bengals game on Sunday where you can, all you can hear is Zach Taylor throw Joe Burrow to throw it away and he throws it 20 yards downfield to his tight end. <laughs> it's just class. And then you've got Justin Herbert who struggled a little bit last week but still looked pretty good. And yeah, two is just... Yeah, there's, it, I mean, it's, it must be a tight ship down there in comparison to what it looked like even 12 months ago, Adam. Mm, 100%. And I think he we finally seem to have a coach that's come out of the Belichick coaching tree that might be uh, up to scratch. And, you know, you're looking at guys like Patricia, uh, Bill O'Brien is from the... Yeah, Joe, Joe Judge doing um, water slides and then putting up six points against Nick Mullins. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Flores seems like a, a properly decent bloke and, uh, and a hell of a coach. Yeah, and also the Miami, the first team who stepped out in front of all the uh, social justice stuff as well, pre-season as well, when they, they released that fantastic player-led uh, video about what they were going to do through the anthem and stuff, which mm. is another conversation which is kind of foul by the wayside as well. Um, yeah, it's, it's the first time the Seahawks will play in front of any fans this season as well. Yeah, I think there's going to be a few 
obviously there will be a few Seahawks fans in the building as well. So it's it's, it's going to be weird. Mm. Very 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 strange. Obviously the cross country is not ideal though, especially when you're seeing what's going on with the Titans and Vikings and Steelers the last 36 hours with Titans being ravaged by COVID. The game against Steelers this Sunday has been pushed back at least 24 if not 48 hours Adam it's not an ideal thing but as Pete Carroll's talked about how they're just going to move the ball they have on game day weekends across country and just trust the players and trust the process kind of thing with all this but again not ideal yeah I mean it's a surprise that they haven't you know bumped the Super Bowl back by a fortnight into incorporate a couple of you know just stock weeks where you can have this maybe a second bye week for each team where you can can make it up or or even have like an extra bye week between week 17 and, and the first round of the playoffs is like a, a make-up week for any games that, that need to happen or some, something like that. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's the first big test now, isn't it? So we'll, yeah. we'll have to see how, how that goes. Yeah. Uh, any score prediction, one to watch on the inside of the ball or one you're going to be keen in on on Sunday evening? I will go 36-24 to Seattle. And I will say Greg Olson gets a touchdown. Cool. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go thirty seventeen Seahawks. I, I, I think they will. Like I said last week, because I think he's gonna get more the ball with Carson being up here. I think Carson is gonna. It's the reason why I picked him up in our fantasy league. I think Carson is gonna have a, a big day. I, I'd imagine I'm gonna go seventy five and a touchdown for Carlos Hyde. Obviously, Carson um, related, but yeah, I think. I don't think it's going to be the explosion because I think the Dolphins are going to, with Flores' background in the defensive side as well, I think they're going to probably be a bit stiffer. But I do think the Seahawks will go to four and oh. Um, other NFL stuff, Adam? I mean, Jerry Jones was slightly harsh on Jack Prescott, wasn't he? Yeah, I, mean, I haven't heard the whole context, but it sounded like the, did the context save him a touch? Not especially. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, in fairness... I think he's right. And I, I think well, you know, when people talk about putting Dad Prescott and Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes' money league, doesn't deserve to be there, in my opinion. He's a good quarterback. But I've said to you before, it always makes me laugh when player X signs a deal and then player Y, who is a lot worse than player X, like, well, that's the market set. I mean, it doesn't really make any sense to me. No. Um, but I anyway. mean, imagine in March if the Seahawks gave Shaquille Griffin $100 million like Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, I mean, it would just be insane. <laughs> Completely insane. Imagine. Um, so speaking of big money and, and how it's going to go, I, I did find the game on Monday night fascinating between uh, the Chiefs and the Ravens because yet again, the Ravens find themselves behind and they just don't really have any answers. Um, and it's not that Lamar Jackson isn't a really good quarterback, but there are times when he just looks like he can't throw to get them out, out of trouble. No. And if you can bottle him up, or you know, if you can bend but don't break against his rushing you know there were two guys on there and one of them just looked leagues I mean he is because maybe Mahomes after 40 starts you you know if you said to me I think Mahomes is the greatest quarterback of all time I'm not going to necessarily argue with you because I think you know he's just on another planet yeah. but um, yeah I mean just what, watching Lamar try and navigate and it just reminded me so much of the Titans game and even the Chargers game the year before. And it's got to be a concern to Baltimore, the front office and the fans that, you know, what if this just keeps happening? What What's the guy's ceiling if that's the case? Yeah, I mean, a sub-100 yards for the amount of how often he threw it on Sunday is not great. I mean, it, that's as big a blowout you could have 
on that stage all the hype. Was, I mean, Devin Duvernay's kickoff return kind of salvaged something from it, but they they were behind immediately and never, as you say, got a handle on anything. It, uh, it appeared. Uh, yeah, I think Lamar is just that kind of level of talent where you just you're gonna have to pay him and just hope that it kind of comes around and like experience will come through. Maybe probably being a bit giving a bit too much. Maybe I mean, but, I mean there, there were there were talks about his throwing accuracy coming out of college, and yeah. there is a lot of examples of accuracy improving when you get into a high level. I mean, he's right. obviously going to become better and he's going to spot things better, but. I don't know, like if they, he, he can feasibly be paid this offseason if the Ravens want to, you know, it's three years. But if they get bombed out of the playoffs in the first round again, I'm not saying not pay the guy, but what, it, it's surely going to be a, a slight concern. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I think, I think wins will definitely cover a lot. And it's just a loss on that stage and that manner kind of heightens. Still, I, yeah, yeah, maybe. But I also, but also, also, I do think Lamar's going to be paid differently. In, well, not differently, he's going to be paid a lot of money. It's the same as everyone else. But I know there'll be there'll be different ways they can spin it and sell it. I think because Lamar is just he's different to the other quarterbacks up there. I think. I mean, Mahomes is just absolutely ridiculous. Mm. It is just. I mean, yeah, he has track stars, and then a ridiculously reliable tight end in Kelsey. But I mean. It's, yeah. That throw to Mikael Hardman is just insane. It's silly. It's just it's just silly. But also, what is silly also is that he feels slighted for being ranked fourth on a uh, just nothing TV show during the off season. It seems, which is <laughs> slightly strange. But whatever floats thy boat. Uh, other NFL stuff, Adam. I can't really think of much. I was trying to have a spin. The, the, in giant, the Giants and Jets are just an absolute abomination. Um, I mean that Sam Darnold clip is I mean I think you went to the USC game when he just torched the Huskies and it's just yeah. kind of like there was only one way this kid was going to go and then what was it 45 40 starts in the NFL and he just looks a completely broken and beaten down kid doesn't he yeah I sort of in a way well I mean why Gates hasn't been fired already is, is, is <laughs> just, fair, I mean they've said they'll give him Thursday when he goes against Brett Ripien yeah, and they'll probably win that. And well, they might not. They're so bad. It's awful. He he legitimately has no one to throw to. No. Robbie Robbie Anderson is like seventh, I think, in receiving yards for Carolina, and they're not really doing much. But at least it just it's, uh, yeah. If Adam Gates is going to get another NFL job as well, yeah, he'll get something. He'll be an offensive coordinator for someone. Absolutely wild. Talking of the Giants, though, uh, my uh, former pod guest, Madre Harper, got a nice signing bonus and was signed off the uh, Raiders practice squad and is on the active roster for the Giants, which is pretty damn cool. And um, they don't have any cornerbacks, so he should have a relatively easy path to uh, playing time, which would be pretty cool to watch him play. And I'm, I may have to get in touch and try and get a Giants jersey added to the uh, collection as well. Do you want to sp- spin in my bin, Adam? Let's do it. Cool. Uh, you go first. Well, I'll, I'll go. I got a um, a fan one, a listener. We have a listener, well, an occasional listener. Um, the cartoonist on Fox Sports um, completely ham-fisted uh, Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf. I didn't notice watching the game, but Russell Wilson looked nothing like Russell Wilson from the cartoonist, Adam. 
<laughs> I didn't notice that at all, but yeah. People did. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think I've got one. It, it's just a general kind of note for all fans. If a player not on your team is being praised, it doesn't mean that the player on your team is not also good. Like we are allowed to talk about Patrick Mahomes without talking about Russell Wilson. Oh. It's fine. If someone thinks Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league, it's fine. It doesn't mean they think Russell Wilson is bad. And uh, yeah, there's just a lot of prissiness going on about this. And uh, I know our mate Dan Cohen keeps tagging up us and me and uh, you know, winning player of the week awards. And great. If he wins MVP, it's great for me because it means that my team's probably going to win most games this year and maybe win the Super Bowl. So I'm not going to complain about it. But the uh, some of the stuff like when Mahomes makes a throw and a commentator makes a throwaway line, like he's the only guy that can do that. It doesn't need to flood social media with... <laughs> What, what, what do you mean? Russell Wilson could do that. No one cares. We just don't don't need that. Um, there's a little bit of radio hosting in Seattle who uh, can probably get in the bin, but I think we might be able to address that with a guest coming coming forward in a couple of weeks' time. So maybe I'll save it for that. That's a tease that I even I don't know about. <laughs> you do know about it. You don't really, you've not squared the circle yet. Oh, okay, uh, might get in the bin this week. I mean. Falcons, man. I mean, Dan Quinn has a yeah. lot of. He seems to have still a lot of goodwill from Seahawks fans because he was a part of that machine, that kind of thing. But oh, back to back weeks, fifteen was it fifteen point leads in the fourth quarter. Nick Foles yeah. comes in cold, and I mean, Nick Foles. I think Danny <laughs> Kelly tweeted a picture of him. This this is the photo which just describes Nick Foles' career. He's getting absolutely destroyed and you just have no idea if it's an interception pick six or a 45-yard touch game-winning touchdown. I mean, it's, it's the, that that might be the worst of the lot. I mean, because that Bears offense is all right. Terry Cohen was out at that point. Anthony Miller looks quite good, which I know our pal Gordon Wright must be loving because one is on a fantasy team and he's been banging that drum for since he was put, doing all the business for Memphis but I think that's worse than Dallas because at least Dallas you can point to a top upper tier quarterback you got the running game with Zeke and you got the two or three legitimate receivers but Chicago just uh, yeah that's worse isn't it well I mean the, the first one you spend the whole week talking about so when the second one happens you just want to just <laughs> you know yourself in. I mean, when we lost to the Bengals in 2015, that was really bad. But it was made doubly worse by losing to the Panthers at Century in the week after with another 10-point lead thrown up by and Greg Olsen kind of sealing it in the game we were all at, funnily enough. Um, mm. So yeah, I mean, the, the second one always, I think, it ends up being a bit worse than the first because you feel like the first, you can't see anything worse than the first one and then the second one happens after talking about it all week. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. Uh, other, I don't think is anyone else for the bin this week. No, no for the bin. No, I mean it was it was quite cool to see Skip Bayless still working and still in twenty twenty in September twenty twenty. It's almost October twenty twenty. He's still doing the LeBron Michael Jordan thing. <laughs> Fascinating stuff. Those incredible. Those I mean, what really out, what on earth is he talking about at this point? They really are thrilling. Six years of this. Uh, I think that's pretty much everything. A few different notes, a bit of sad news for the Seahawkers, the Central Council over the weekend, um, VP of Liaison, the woman who 
led us all round Centrelink Field last October for our field pass. And he's just, if you want to see, think of an image of what a Seahawks fan on game day looks like, Candy was most definitely that, that Sunday evening uh, before the Baltimore game. She suddenly passed away on Friday night. And it's, yeah, she absolutely loved the stuff we were doing as a UK group, a UK chapter, and we're continuing to do. She was in our Zoom calls over the off-season, and I think she was planning on being on the one on Sunday, which Sean led uh, for the game on Dallas, but she passed away Friday night, Saturday morning. It's just it was heartbreaking to uh, get a message from Sean on Saturday, I think. And, yeah, it's all our thoughts and condolences go to the people who know Candy a lot better than uh us who do and all yeah, and people in the Seahawkers and the people who know her much more intimately than we do but yeah she was a very nice lady and it's very sad news and a very uh, a bit of a damp on the weekend but as a lot of people post on Facebook the Seahawks win went all all attributed to her Adam yeah man I can't add a lot to that I mean from memory she was awesome in London um, she was great fun in the pub and on, on that and the Barrow Boy whatever it was on, on that first day and I think we were running around with a microphone and she was getting involved. And um, yeah, I mean, you just, it just kind of, I saw it on your Instagram and it just, uh, yeah, it, it certainly struck, struck a note with me. And um, obviously we wish tremendous, yeah, great condolences to, and love to all of her family. Yeah. And uh, on slightly more positive news, talking to the podcast guest, Adam, another podcast guest, guest got a pretty cool promotion. Jess McIntyre's left 710 and, is off to is exec producer uh, Q13. This podcast has a lot of lot of lot of uh, a lot of things to do with people moving on up, don't they? I mean, Mike Dula went from the PI to Athletic, and now he's the best in the biz. We've seen it from all corners, Adam. Got Cliff Averill on Sky Sports, allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, I got at least three three text messages from three different people talking about how good he was on Sunday and how good he is on that. He's rather good at good at it, isn't he? I did forward that on to him and he was uh, very appreciative and said, maybe I just need to move over and move over there and live there. And I said, well, <laughs> be our guest. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, it was quite cool seeing him and he seemed qu- quietly hyped as the game went on as well, which is, I mean, it's, it's a completely different team to when he played a part of as well, isn't it? Yeah, but it's, uh, once a Seahawk, always a Seahawk, I think very much rings true over there. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think that is everything. The Seahawks play, as I said, six o'clock. They're not on Sky Sports, so it will be Game Pass uh, for all of us over this side of the pond on Sunday night, six o'clock. A much earlier finish. If you want to get involved with the podcast, you can on all the new usual means, methods: Facebook, Twitter. The pod will be up on Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify. Until next week, Adam, go out. And this has been the Pedestrian Podcast. Go Hawks. prepared, stay ready, and then take advantage of your opportunities. Kind of what went into that whole process for you? Um, for me, it was just all the mindset. Um, you know, once you go through something like that, you have a choice to make. And I think for me is I didn't want to make the, the choice to to settle myself short. Um, I knew the plays. Uh, I know what's going on. I know the scheme. So the whole thing was just make sure I stay abreast on it and make sure that I stay ready just in case something was to happen. Um, I didn't know the exact role was going to happen, uh, come to the game, but I just wanted to be ready for everything. Um, I was studying each and every position that I was involved in to make sure I, I knew what was going on. I knew what plays was happening. So once I got opportunity, it was like, I shouldn't second guess myself. It's just go out there and run fast, make plays. 